You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This week on the show, our pop culture references... For our 100th episode, we talk about something a little out of the ordinary and fortune cookies. It's August 2022, and you're listening to a Lunchbox Reaction. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Brian, and I'm joined as always by my two wonderful co hosts, Linnea. Hello. And Evan. Hello. Welcome to you both, and welcome to all your listeners. This is our 100th episode. Woohoo! Woo! Yay! We've been doing this for 100 weeks in a row. Hard to believe. It's a lot of weeks. It is a lot of weeks. That's like two years. It is, yeah, we'll have our two-year celebration in uh, two weeks from now. So yeah, then we'll have, a, we'll have our two-year retrospective, or maybe just a look back at the last year retrospective, like we did last year. Does that sound good? Sure. Yeah. All right, and also at the end of the show, we are going to announce our winner of our contest, our giveaway for have the books. You, have you drawn the name yet, or are we, we going to draw it? Oh, okay. Yep, yep, <laughs> we know. All right, so let's get on with the show. Oh, no, wait, we have to get on with our pop culture news of the week. I'll start. My pop culture reference for this week is that the show She-Hulk just came out, and I watched it twice, once by myself and once with Dad. And it's very fun. It's like a sitcom kind of thing. The main character breaks the fourth wall a few times. We learn She-Hulk's backstory and stuff. And I'm very excited for the next episode. And for those who don't know, what does breaking the fourth wall mean? It means when people address the audience in shows or plays or something like that. Yeah, first episode was pretty good. Like I'd mentioned to you, Evan, I wish there would have been more of a hook as to what's coming for the rest of the season. It felt just like a standalone episode, and I'm not really sure where it's going, but I'm going to keep watching it. All right, since I'm talking, I'll just go next. My news is that Jerry Bruckheimer, who is one of the producers of the National Treasure movies, and you remember that we talked about those a while back, he has written a script for National Treasure 3. Oh, no. And, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, it's been a long time. Anyway, I guess he's he's written a script, he's excited about it, and he wants to show it to Nicolas Cage, who is the star. And if he likes it, maybe they'll do it. I don't know. Apparently it, it's kind of the latest thing, big news. So uh, <laughs> there might be a National Treasure 3 movie coming in the next few years. We'll, we'll see. That would be interesting because it's like been 20 years since the last one. My pop culture thing for this week is that Tim Burton will be directing an upcoming Netflix show about Wednesday Addams. Uh, The trailer was recently released, and the show should be coming onto Netflix during the fourth quarter of 2022. So that's not too long from now, is it? No. Have you watched the trailer? No. You always talk about things that you haven't actually looked at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why is that? Well, I just, I see things and I'm like, oh, I'll watch it later. And I put it in my pop culture thing, but then the podcast happened, so I never watch it. <laughs> okay. 
I mean, I, I haven't watched the trailer either because I wasn't all that interested in it. How about you, Evan? Have you watched the trailer? I didn't even know it was out or coming. Oh, okay. Well, I guess we'll have to look into that. Okay, moving on. It's our 100th episode, and as something a little out of ordinary, we thought we would talk about things that are 100 years old. So, buckle up. Here we go. We're just going to go through a number of things that are 100 years old. A few of them might surprise you. And uh, let's get to it. So, who would like to go first? What things have you found that were 100 years old this year in 2022? One of the things I found was that 100 years ago was the first time Americans ever saw a duck-billed platypus. Oh, yeah. I remember. (laughs) I had seen that. And uh, was there a reason that that stood out to you? Well, I just like platypi because of Phineas and Ferb. Yeah, I was thinking that. (laughs) Phineas and Ferb. Because we're big fans of Perry the Platypus. I don't think I've ever seen a platypus in real life before. Hmm. All the times we've been at the zoo, they haven't had a platypus? I don't think they have a platypus hmm. there. Yeah, I guess maybe you're right. Oh, yeah. I've only seen Perry the Platypus. I don't think they have. <laughs> I've seen pictures of them. Uh, so it was the first time it was seen in the U.S., you said? Yes. So where do they come from? Australia. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Down under. I didn't know that. <laughs> I guess I didn't know that either. Man, those platypi can really swim. Are they freshwater or seawater? I mean, they must be freshwater, I right? I believe freshwater. Yeah. Because they okay. live in, like, rivers and stuff. Huh. I guess I really don't know much about platypus. All <laughs> I think of is Perry. <laughs> yes. Perry the platypus. Okay, so, yeah, so platypi came to the U.S. 100 years ago. Nice. One of mine is that the first female senator was appointed 100 years ago. Oh, cool. Who was that? Ooh. 87-year-old Rebecca Felton. So tell us a bit about her. Well, two years after women gained the right to vote, some governor wanted to get good with all the women voters, so they appointed Rebecca Felton. And so the governor of what state? Where was she a senator from? Georgia. That's cool. And how long did she serve? Was she reelected? How did that work? Apparently, for the website that I heard of this from, she was only a senator for about 24 hours. Uh, so it sounds more like a publicity stunt kind of thing? Yep. Uh, that's too bad. Mm-hmm. But I guess it still marks a first. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to go next. One thing that I found that's 100 years old, that you, I, I certainly didn't know this, is water skiing. So yeah, water skiing was invented in 1922 by someone named Ralph Samuelson. And one of the reasons that I picked this out is because it's Minnesota-related. Of course, we're in Minnesota. And there's a place called Lake Pepin. Uh, that's a lake, of course. <laughs> it's in Lake City, Minnesota. It is? It is. And this guy decided, I don't know, he just decided he wanted to do something on the water. And uh, he tried many different ways of doing it. He was using barrel slats. He's using just pieces of wood, things like that. And then he finally came up with a his solution. And he had his brother pulling him on a boat and did it for the fun of it, and he invented water skiing. He didn't patent any of his inventions or ideas at all, and it wasn't until three years later in 1925 that someone from New York decided to patent some water skis. So oh, I know he probably, yeah, he probably missed out on, on lots of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, water skiing is now popular all over the world, Asia, Australia, Europe, Africa. There's 11 million water skiers around the world, and there's 900 sanctioned events around the world every year. So something that started right here in Minnesota, as someone wanting to pass the time in the summer, has turned into a worldwide sport. 
Me and Evan have gone water skiing before. Have you? Yeah. Actually, water skiing or just on a boogie board? Just on like a board. <laughs> oh, okay. I think that's a little different than water skiing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's still fun. <laughs> yeah. I've never been water skiing. I've seen it. Looks pretty cool. Yeah, it always looks like fun. All right, who's next? I'll go next if we're kind of taking turns here. Yeah, I think that's what we're going with. All right. Another thing that's 100 years old was the first successful Technicolor movie, which was called The Toll of the Sea. And I, for some reason, I thought the first Technicolor movie was The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, I always thought that too. But apparently there were some before that. Maybe, I think it's just The Wizard of Oz was the first one to use such like a wide, vibrant variety of colors, maybe. But the first one was processed just using two color primaries, and it was like orange and red and green and blue. Interesting. And what was the name of it again? The Toll of the Sea. I've never even heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was it about? Do you know? No. No. Okay. All right, Evan, you want to go? Yep. My 100-year-old thing next is Betty White. She would have turned 100 this year. If you don't know Betty White, she was a very famous American actress and comedian whose career spanned like eight decades. It was a while. She won many awards, and sadly, she passed away on December 31st, 2021. Yeah, I think, yeah, we mentioned that on our show when Mm -hmm. when she passed away, I remember. And there was going to be a big celebration of her life, like a TV special. But of course, since we don't watch much live TV, we never, I never saw it. I wonder if you can find that online. That would be interesting to see. Yeah, she she was uh, she would have been a hundred. That would have been pretty cool. Oh, I guess that leads up to me. Yep. <laughs> uh, I'm going to talk about another Minnesota connection. This is Francis Ethel Gum, very famous person. Do you recognize that? No. <laughs> nope. Not the name. Nope. Yeah, she's very famous. Born in 1922. You might actually know her. Her that was her real name. Her stage name or screen name was. Judy Garland. Oh, I've heard of her. Yeah. Well, yeah. speaking of the Wizard of Oz, she was oh. Dorothy. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, she was born in 1922 in Grand Rapids, Minnesota, which is way up northern Minnesota. Uh, her parents owned a movie theater there, and I guess she started performing there with her sisters, like, at the age of two or something, Whoa. singing and dancing, and they had a... They had a group called the Gum Sisters and the Garland Sisters, and then she was discovered, and and she signed with MGM and was in a lot of movies. And, yeah, eventually she landed the role in The Wizard of Oz. She wasn't the first choice for the movie. They had a few other actresses that they wanted, but for some reason they finally settled on her. And, yeah, the rest is history. She was, she was known for Wizard of Oz. She was uh, did a lot of stage shows, song and dance, kind of a, the back in the vaudevillian era so she did all that all that stuff she's only four foot eleven so she was actually shorter than you Linnea <laughs> <laughs> which I didn't know I, get, I always thought she was taller than that but yeah I guess she was very short all right back to you Linnea uh, another thing that I've found that's a hundred years old is radio commercials so in 1922 radio was still like relatively new and people would like listen to it and then and uh, 1922, the first ever radio commercial was put on, which to us, we get radio commercials all the time. But back then, I guess it was a pretty big deal. And it cost $100 to get this one advertisement into the radio. Wow, that $100 in 1922? Mm-hmm. I feel like that would be super expensive. Yeah. 
Wow. What was it for? What was the first ad for? An advertisement for Queensboro Realty. I'm not sure what it Oh, someone trying to someone trying to sell real estate. Huh? I guess. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. I would have thought it would have been something simple like soap or toothpaste or mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking soap because of soap operas. Uh-huh. You know, that's the reason they were called soap operas is because soaps tended to be the sponsors and the advertisers. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that's why they're called that. So interesting. Yeah, 1922. When was radio invented? How long had radio been around before we had an ad? 1895, but I don't think they really became popular more until the 1900s. That's what, almost 30 years before uh, before we had an ad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Ad-free since... Maybe, maybe that would be the first ad. Radio, ad-free since 1890. <laughs> <laughs> okay, interesting. So, yeah, radio ads, been around for 100 years. Maybe they should go away now. They could take a hiatus for 100 right. years, and then we wouldn't need ads. They should do that. Evan, you're next. My last thing today is Stan Lee. If you don't know Stan Lee, he is basically world-renowned and famous for his works at Marvel. He was kind of like the inventor of the Avengers, which are now very famous, and the Fantastic Four, not not as famous from movies, but one of the bigger comic characters. Growing up, I sort of knew of Stan Lee. I was, I mean, I, I knew of Marvel, but I wasn't all that familiar with Stan Lee, like as a artist or creator himself it wasn't until later that I really knew that living where I did kind of way out in the boonies I didn't have much access to to comic books like probably not until my teens and by then the cool comic books to get were a lot of the indie comic books so I never really got into the straightforward Marvel DC heroes so a lot of that I, I kind of felt like I missed but yeah and since the since the explosion of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think pretty much everyone knows who Stan Lee is, and plus all of his cameos and things like that. So, so yeah, 1920, he was born in 1922, huh? Nice. Yeah. Very cool. All right, so Stan Lee, 100 years old. So that leaves me again. Uh, my final 100-year thing, anniversary, birthday, uh, it's another person, and this one... And it's another Minnesota connection, since we're in Minnesota. My it's, God, so many Minnesotas. I know. It's uh, Charles Schultz, the creator of Peanuts and Charlie Brown. Oh. Hey, that's, that's nice. Yeah, he was born November 26, 1922. He was born in Minneapolis, Minnesota, grew up in St. Paul. He lived various places around the country for a while. He lived in uh, Colorado. He also lived in Santa Rosa, California, which I think is where he built a big studio there. So I think there's a... There's a, there's a history museum there, or a museum of a lot of his work. It's out in California, but but uh, we here in Minnesota can claim him. Yeah, like I said, he, he grew up here in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. He served in the military in World War II. He came back, did some art school. He got a few of his cartoons. Back then, he, he did these one-panel cartoons, and it was called Little Folks. And they were published in the St. Paul Pioneer Press. That was in the 1950s. And yeah, he went on to create his peanut strip, which gained in popularity. And at the height of of sort of the, the peanuts popularity, it was in 2,600 papers in 75 countries and in 21 languages. And over his 50-year career, he drew over 17,000 peanut strips. 
Whoa. Yeah, so, you know, and one thing I was thinking of is, do you two have much of a relationship between any of those characters? Because to me, it seems like it's a older strip that maybe your generation doesn't know that much about. I've never read any of the strips, but I, we have watched, like, the Christmas and Halloween movies before, like, almost every year. That's all I remember. Like, every time I hear that one Christmas song, I, don't, I think of the Peanuts. Sometimes when, like, in the morning when I was a bit younger, I would look at the newspaper just to find the comic strips with Peanuts and Garfield. Like, just in our Sunday paper today, I looked, and, yep, there's Peanuts still running. You know, it's called Classic Peanuts. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I guess as a state, it's still running the strips. I, I wonder, I'm not sure how many papers they're running in now, but... Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's still there. For a while, we there's a big mall here called the Mall of America, and for a while they had a they had a central area which is a theme park, and it was all peanuts themed. And then they changed it to be uh, to be Nickelodeon. Oh, it used to be peanuts. Yeah, oh. yeah, it did. yeah. That's yeah, a it, giant peanuts. Yeah, <laughs> well, it used to be called uh, it used to be called Camp Snoopy, I believe. Oh, that sounds really cool. Yeah, I'd go there. <laughs> I mean, it was all the same rides. They were just rebranded, uh, that's all. All right, yeah, so that's uh, just a few little things that are 100 years old this year. And uh, we thought you might find that interesting. I don't know, I found it interesting. Hopefully you two found it interesting. Mm-hmm. I liked it. All right, now it's time to move on to... Fortune Cookies! cookies. All right, my fortune this week is you will be fortunate in everything you put your hands to. My fortune is you will be fortunate in everything you put your hands to. Oh, look at that. We got the same one. (laughs) Mine is people are not persuaded by what we say, but rather what they understand. Uh I was going to say I feel like we've had that one before, but then the end felt different to me. Yeah, I think I've heard that one. Yeah. All right. Another moment we've all been waiting for. We've been running a contest to give away a box set of The Last Kids on Earth, Monster Box, by Max Brellier. And our winner is... Dean Johnson. Dean Johnson, hey, thank you for sending us your entry. Dean wrote, my favorite episode is The Magic Fish. It made me laugh out loud when you were describing all the hair in the book. (laughs) And that fish of the title might be plural. Makes a lot of sense to me. All right. So there we go. Thank you, Dean, for your entry. Congratulations. I'll be in touch for how to get you your uh, your books. And there we go. Who wants to do the end wrap-up? I will. Thank you all for listening to Lunchbox Reaction for 100 episodes. Yay. Thanks to my co-host, Linnea. Bye. And Brian. That's me. And we'll see you all next time at the lunch table. So long, everyone. Bye. Dad always sounds like a Mickey Mouse character every time he's like, That's me! Uh huh, so long! Uh huh, that's me! <laughs> well, Mickey, you said so long.